The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The HSE's winter plan uh, announced a little bit earlier this afternoon 168 million euro the cost of it. Stephen Donnelly, the health minister, on his way to cabinet this morning, insisted they were taking a proactive approach to the winter months. So it's a, it's a big plan, it's nearly 170 million euro. It includes over 600 healthcare professionals. I've asked the HSE to put together a plan for each of our 29 emergency departments that looks specifically not just at what's needed nationally, but the requirements for each of the 29 emergency departments. Yeah, that was Stephen Donnelly speaking on his way into Cabinet uh, this morning. Priscilla Lynch is Clinical Editor for the Medical Independent and she's with me now. Priscilla, what can you tell us about the plan? What does it include? Well, the total plan is over 169 million of additional funding and 608 extra posts to be recruited. Usually now there's a lot of extra beds opened under the winter plan, but uh, they're a bit vague really today in the announcement. They've pointed out that there's over 900 extra beds have already been opened since COVID uh, in the acute hospital system and that there's 300 due to open in the coming months. So whether they're the current allocation for this year or extra beds, they're a bit vague about. Um, So yes, there is extra beds coming, there is extra posts coming, but whether they'll be opened on time and whether they can actually recruit those posts is, is another question and every year we do need to recruit six to 7,000 uh, new healthcare staff anyway just even to keep up with the numbers and to increase services so have they even recruited that number for this year? I, I don't think so. So um, there are again kind of I suppose a continuation of the last couple of years trying to keep people well and out of hospital in the first place so looking at the vaccination programmes for both COVID-19 and flu vaccinations, kind of the community pathways as well to try and stop people from deteriorating and getting sick in the community there's extra funds there to give GPs access access directly to diagnostics, which has been a big success in the last couple of years, and there's extra funds there for that to continue so that they can directly refer patients to get scans so that they're not just turning up at A&E and having to wait for hours to get um, an MRI or a CAT scan. Um, they also pointed out strongly today just that there has been an increase in the, in the level of unscheduled care um, in the last couple of years compared to 2019. So there's been increases in ED admit attendances, admissions, uh, particularly by those in the older age groups. Uh, and again, we heard recently that our population is now 5.1 million. So clearly our health services are inadequate for the current population and for the demand that is based on them. The winter is always really difficult for um, health services here and abroad, particularly the last few years because of COVID-19. And it doesn't look any different, to be honest, at the moment. If you look at the number of patients that are on trolleys today, 559 patients are on trolleys today and we're not into the winter peak. And there are fears about kind of a twindemic of uh, COVID cases because we know that COVID cases are rising. We have 474 patients in hospital with COVID-19 today, though less than half of those actually were admitted because of the virus. ICU numbers thankfully are stable at 13, but we do know that positivity and case numbers overall are increasing. And we've escaped flu largely Mm. the last couple of years, but it is expected to make a return this year. And and Priscilla, the, the pressure that COVID is putting on the system, is that due to the scale of patients or the protocols that still exist once the patient is diagnosed? Both. You see, when you look at patients might think, well, there's not that many, um, you know, with COVID at the moment uh, in the community. It puts huge pressure on the health system because patients uh, with COVID-19 have to be isolated to try and stop infecting other patients Mm. because uh, those who are in hospital uh, already can be very severely ill and getting COVID can really have an impact uh, on their health and their recovery. Um, So, yes, they do try and obviously still divide that, the COVID pathway, the non-COVID pathway. It also leads to delays and we have massive massive backlogs 
when it comes to patients waiting for an outpatient appointment, uh, an inpatient procedure. Every time they try and uh, catch up there, if there has been a new wave, there is more demand. But the Winter Plan today did allocate extra funding for the private hospital sector to try and ensure that um, operations and procedures can continue because this is what happened when happens regularly uh, during wintertime. When there is too much pressure on the health system, hospitals simply have to say stop mm. and that they can't admit patients for procedures and for outpatients. So they're going to try and avoid that as much as they can this winter. But obviously, healthcare staff are just really, I think they're already very stressed and burnt out. And they're, you know, they're, they're kind of, I suppose, really yeah. a lot of trepidation about what's to come. Well, Elizabeth Priscilla with us as well is uh, Tony O'Brien, former Director General of the HSE, columnist with the Business Post as well. Tony, you're very welcome to the show. How do you assess this plan? Well, I think as, as Priscilla says, it's a plan that is attempting to deal with a level of demand that is as yet unknown. Colm Henry, the Chief Clinical Officer, made the point that there's a lot of uncertainty about the coming winter and whether we will have a combination of a resurging COVID virus or a, or a new variant of concern perhaps in combination with other more seasonal illnesses that we're more used to. And we know that in the Southern Hemisphere, there's been a particularly difficult uh, influenza. So if we get hit by all of that, on top of the fact that the system is running very hot because of the existing demand and the mismatch in between capacity and demand, then the winter could be very challenging. So this, this plan is really important. And what's interesting about it is the level of transparency that there is. The detailed appendix shows exactly what money is going to be spent on what and in which quarter. So the, the money is essentially divided between about 44 million for between now and Christmas and yeah. 52 and a half million for the three months after Christmas. But it's going to be challenging. There's no doubt about that. To, to what extent can you plan and put in place procedures this close to Christmas? I'm sure even uh, Priscilla uh, talked about one element of the plan, in, including increased access to diagnostics in the community. Now, GPs have been calling for that and it has happened to a degree you know over the last few years but they're always looking for more I mean it it strikes me as kind of if it's as simple as just kind of producing a plan in mid-October and that's in place by mid-November why hasn't it done been done before? Well I think what we have here is the money plan uh, which seeks to fund things that are already in the works or more of those things we know that during Covid and throughout the, the current year, the funding has been put in place for general practitioners to access community-based diagnostic services, typically x-rays and so on, whether operated by the public system or the private. And what this does is allocate more money for the winter period, recognizing there's likely to be more demand. But I think it's important to distinguish between this money announcement today, and we'll probably be very critical if they weren't putting some money at it, and some of the underlying things. So Priscilla mentioned recruitment and so on. Um, we know, for example, that there's a lot of work been done this year to develop an action plan to make it easier to recruit home care staff, the type of people who look after people in their own home. But that plan isn't yet published, so I would have liked to have seen you know, things that don't necessarily cost more money but would enable the existing money to be spent more effectively a form part of today's mm. proceedings. Maybe that will follow. To what extent does this plan fall foul of the same problem that retrofit plans and housing for all plans and solar panel installation plans fall foul of too, which is that you need people to do all of the stuff that you promise? Well, any part of this plan that is contingent upon recruiting people is at the greatest risk. This is why I think so much of it that speaks to utilising existing private capacity, whether that's private hospitals, private diagnostic services, private ambulances, or private home care providers who have capacity. Where the public system needs to recruit people, 
uh, across a whole range of disciplines, there are significant shortages of healthcare professionals and delays in recruitment. And clearly, it wouldn't be viable to make an announcement today and expect to have staff in place next week, next month, or even the first quarter of next year. So I think that's why there's so much emphasis on focusing on a wide range of individual activities where it is possible to increase capacity uh, by utilizing a range of external services, as well as improving some of the systems inside the HSE. Uh, but clearly, this, this plan may be announced today, the money may be available today, but it builds on work that's been going on, not just throughout this year, but mm. previous winter plans as well. So some of it's more of the same, but some of it is 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 innovative, particularly in the enhanced community care work, which 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 seeks if it's essentially to ensure that some patients who would otherwise end up waiting in queues or on trolleys in emergency departments are getting a different type of care, perhaps earlier and in different settings where they don't have to be subject to the congestion that occurs in the emergency department where the symptom of the overheating of the health system ten tends to be found, uh, but the causes often lie elsewhere. And would it be a triumph of hope over experience to, to suggest that we might get through winter without the cancellation of elective procedures at certain pinch points? I, I think it's almost impossible to predict that we'll get through the winter without some cancellations of elective services at pinch points. And indeed, it would be reckless of the health system not to do that if the situation demands it. So if a particular hospital, for whatever reason, is facing a huge surge of demand for emergency services leading to emergency admissions through the emergency department, it only has so many beds. And the way to control that and to provide the safest care sometimes, unfortunately, is to stop uh, pre-planned admissions in order to deal with more more urgent or, or urgent cases. Uh, but this plan does seek to mitigate that risk by by having recourse to to other beds, perhaps in private hospitals. But it really depends on how significant the winter issues become, whether we have an upsurge of COVID or a new variant of concern, how much uh, influenza we see, and how seriously ill patients are. And these things are highly variable can't be precisely predicted, uh, but it's important that they're planning for all eventualities. Tony O'Brien, former Director General of the HSE and columnist with the Business Post and Priscilla Lynch, Clinical Editor of the Medical Independent. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me here on the uh, show. As I said, lots of people continue to get in touch about kids' participation in sports. I'm going to get to some of those messages in a few minutes. We are going to come back to the discussion as well, but after the break, we're going to be talking about abolishing ageist language. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.